Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode, our 15th episode here at Real Talk Rangers RTR. I am Greg, and we will be hearing from Derek very soon. What's up, boys? There he is. And yeah, it's been a little while, but things are kind of trucking along here. We're, we're still trying to keep pace with this blistering Metropolitan Division. As of right now, we are recording on Friday December thirteenth or twenty third, actually, right Whoa. before right before the game. My dude, my head's in the game. The game yeah. my head's with East All, right before we play Minnesota. And as of right now, the Columbus Blue Jackets are in first place in the Metropolitan Division. They've been playing lights out hockey. They've won eleven in a row. They have forty eight points in thirty one games. They've played four fewer games than we have and have one more point. So right now the standings are the Blue Jackets in first with forty eight. Penguins are in second with 47. The Rangers are in third with 47. One more game played than the Penguins. Fourth place, Philadelphia Flyers, who lost last night. They are at 44 points. And then the Washington Capitals are in fifth with 42 points. I will let the listeners look up the bottom three teams because they're kind of irrelevant right now, unfortunately for them. But anyway, we are here to talk about the Rangers. So... First, uh, Derek, do we still have a goalie controversy brewing in the garden? Uh, you know, in my opinion, I don't think it's much of a controversy, but I do think that we should start seeing more of a two-goalie system. I think we're starting to. Um, I I was surprised that we got Ronta on Tuesday, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But I don't think there's a controversy. I never thought it was really a controversy per se, but... I think we're going to start seeing more of both guys is, I guess, what I'll, what I'll leave it at. I don't know. Yeah, I think? I agree. I partially said that sarcastically, but it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, there's no controversy. I mean, it's still – it's going to be Hank's net. Come game one of the playoffs, that's me knocking on wood. We will hopefully just be seeing Hank in there as we always have and we should. So let's go to the week in review. So we played against Dallas in Dallas. Dallas is not a good hockey team. We beat Dallas two to nothing. That was a shutout win. That was Hank's return to the net after pretty good he, return, huh? Yeah, after the four straight games of Auntie Ranta. We got a goal. Actually, I believe it was a shorthanded breakaway goal from none other than Rick Nash, who is clearly it was top back. shelf. Rick Nash, who's back of the week. Steal from part of my take. Rick Rick Nash is back. So he scored. That's his twelfth, like you said. Zuccarello scored. Hank's return, he gets the shutout, and there's a quick quote from Hank I wanted to just throw out here because it's proof that the goalies are all about the mental game. So he said, all I can say is that I went out there tonight with a lot of desperation in my approach. I felt like it was an important game for me to just feel good. My game hasn't changed over a week, but my mindset has changed a little bit with everything that's going on, and it is a new experience for me. So that kind of just reiterates the fact that it's it's really just a mental game with these goalies, especially these elite goalies. The talent's there. 
I mean, he's getting older, but as we've discussed, but he's not, he hasn't really lost the physical tools that he needs to excel in goal back there. I think he just got a little rattled, had some weak goals as we've discussed, but he got everything right back on track after the little break in the action. So I think that that was, was a good move by AV for a couple of reasons. Also, you want to stay with the hot hand in Ranta, but it was good. He came back and he's been pretty focused ever since. Yeah, I, you know, every, every, great goalie is going to have bad games. They're not perfect every game. Um, hence, you know, Carey Price got pulled the other day. Best goal in the league gets pulled. Goalie's is going to get pulled. Um, it, w- it was his consistent, like we've talked about, his consistent bad play. You know, it wasn't horrendous. You know, a few games here and there he got pulled and he was bad in. But it was just the soft goals he was letting up and, and things like that. But, you know, Hanks, he's, a, he's an elite goaltender in the league. He always will be. He always has been. Uh, he, you know, he's going to bounce back and he's going to play a good hockey down the stretch. Uh, if he gets more rest and Ronta plays great in between here and there, that's great also. But, you know, Hank is the number one. He's going to get the majority of the starts. There's no controversy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spot on. So Saturday night, we will honky tonk down in Nashville. So I yeah, apologize without for PK that, Subban, that without horrible PK. Southern accent. But yeah, without PK <laughs> and we... Went in there, and they played Hank again for prime time, of course, and then he got another win. So that was the first – that was a 2-1 win. Uh, we actually won that game in the shootout, and we saw the trademarked, patented, quote-unquote, the Zook from Matt Zuccarello with his patented move, little stop-start, and then tuck it in with the forehand. He has been making goalies look horrible with that move, I'm surprised that he's not at, like, 80% of the shootout. I think he's at, like, 50, which is still fantastic. It's phenomenal, But yeah. that move is borderline unstoppable when he gets it right, even if you know it's coming the whole time. It's just so hard to stop. Mm-hmm. So Hank makes 31 saves in that game, and they win in the shootout 2-1. to one. Anything else on the Nashville game? No, I mean, you know, I just want to talk about the shootout in general and get your get your opinion on it um you know when it first came out whenever it did i think oh five or six or something like that um was it that that early i think it was i don't later. know i think it was later. yeah it might be a little later whenever the shootout came out everyone was really excited at least you know most people were very excited about it um it adds a lot of a skill to the game you know you get to see things you don't normally see but oh five oh six good call yeah so because i thought it was right after the lockout so yeah i guess was. That, that was what it was um and you know some people would argue that it's not fair for a, a game to be decided and a team to get an extra point on a skills competition, which is still an argument. And I do agree with, but you know, that they used to do four on four and then go to the shootout. Now that the NHL has implemented the three on three, uh, I have some ideas on, it. I just want to get your thoughts on what you think of three on three and shootouts in general. I think three on three is the greatest thing to happen to hockey in the last, since the shootout, since the lockout ended rather. Yeah, I agreed. love three-on-three hockey. Agreed. Um, I would extend the time period of three-on-three hockey, perhaps, to eliminate some of these games that go to shootouts. I know that's asking a lot because these guys are so tired. They put everything out there for the full 60, and now the full 65. Plus, three-on-three is just so much more draining. There's so much more space. It's basically just end-to-end rushes for an entire five-minute stretch of time. So maybe... Maybe you have five minutes, and then there's another quick TV timeout, and then another five minutes, something like that. But I, I just love the idea of as much three-on-three three to decide those games that do go to overtime as possible and to avoid the shootout. 
Yeah, I had this exact same discussion with my dad after after the the shootout win against the the Predators, and I think that uh, the league takes a little bit of a risk, and also the players' association takes a little bit of a risk because three on three hockey players get very tired very quick because there's so much space and so much skating. But um, during that five minutes, you don't see more exciting hockey ever. That that will be the most exciting hockey you see all year round is is on three on threes. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. And with we you. used to say. Sorry, we used to say that yeah. about the shootout. Is the thing yeah. like when it first came in? It was like, wow, this is this is a spectacle. Like, this is awesome. This is so awesome. And then after a couple years of it, five years, six years, seven years, you're like, wait, this really is not the way that these games should be decided. Like, well, yeah, it, I, I just, think on the, it's I think just on the not, shootout. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think the shootout is still exciting, and, and it's it's it right. Gets but I'm, people I'm saying in up. comparison to this new format. Yeah, I, I think the shootout. I think the shootout is still really exciting, and it's still fun to watch. It still shows the skill of both goalies and skaters. But I th- the thing with me is, I don't think a game should be decided. A team shouldn't get an extra point because they have three superstars. It doesn't tell right. you who the better team was throughout the whole game. It doesn't tell you who deserved to win the game. You know, if you have an all-star goalie or three all-star, or you know, you have three TJ Oshies that can score at will on the shootout, it's not really fair to get the extra point to say this team's better. And but you get outshot forty to fifteen, and you still come right. away with two points. So I completely agree with you, and I, I said this exact same thing to my dad when we talked about. It. I said I think you do three on three for five minutes. You have you have another ice scraping and a, and a long commercial break like you mentioned, and then have another five minutes, and then at some point you have to say, okay, no one's going to score. You can't tire these guys out. Then you go to the shootout. But I guarantee, I read an article last year on the three on three. I don't remember the numbers exactly, but I'm going to throw out ballpark what I remember. It was like seventy something percent of games get decided on the three on three or something like that. If you put another three on three there, it's going to be close to eighty ninety percent. I mean, yeah. you're gonna almost no, you're almost never gonna go to a shootout, which I think is better. I would rather see a team win or lose, you know, on regular, you know, quote unquote regular hockey play. Yeah, it's three on three. It's kind of like a video game, but at least you're actually still playing hockey as opposed to just having skaters go one on one with a goalie. That's that's what I think. I think that's the right take. I really do. The only problem is like, like I said, after 65 minutes, I, I really don't know how much these dudes have left in the tank. A lot of times, as it is now, after just the five minute period. You see these guys hunched over, drifting back to the bench in preparation for the shootout. But I think with the long TV timeout, um, I, I think it's doable. I really do. And I just think that it would be a more appropriate way to settle who gets two points versus one, as we've discussed. So, yeah, I, great minds think alike there, eh? A, a Derek. A, a wit. A wit. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of it. As much three-on-three three as possible. But speaking of shootouts, we – beat the Devils again in a shootout on Sunday night after flying back from Nashville. They went with Hank again, back-to-back, which I liked. Again, I like AV's new philosophy of playing the hot hand, uh, at least especially now in the early-ish, mid part of the season. So Stepan scored an unbelievable deflection goal, probably the nicest deflection goal that he's ever scored, that I can remember him scoring with about a minute 14 left. You remember that goal? Mac uh, shot it in from the point, and Step found himself kind of alone in the middle. And you don't really see a lot of deflection goals from Stepan. You don't necessarily see necessarily see that many goals, right? Yeah. But I just thought that it was a fantastic goal, a clutch goal, and they end up taking that game to a shootout. 
and he and Hayes get the shootout winner in that one. And this game was was a historical game for Hank um, because he tied Dominic Hoshik on the all-time goalie wins list for the and also tied for the most wins by a European-born goalie ever with 389. But I want to hold off on talking about that until a little later. Um, any initial thoughts from that game? Yeah, just quickly in the game, like you mentioned, Stepan, that goal, I, I've seen Sidney Crosby do that same exact goal about five times this year. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Crosby's a much better player than Stepan. I'm sorry, Ranger Nation, if you don't know that already, obviously <laughs> it's true. Um, you know, just a really great skilled play by Stepan there. Great pass by McDonough with his head up the whole time. Yep. After that goal that tied it up with, you said, a minute, whatever left, Hank on the bench, that's something to live for right there. Yep. He looked like a little he looked like a little kid that just opened a Christmas present. Yeah. Um somebody tapped just, him, they they smiled, they're laughing. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, stuff. so he was pumped up. Um, you know, Nash looked really, really great in this game. Uh he's back to what he used to do. I haven't seen him play this, you know, like this type of play since he was in Columbus. Um he's driving the net. He's really walking D-men. He's going right around D-men and driving the net. And you haven't really seen a Rick Nash like that since Columbus. The year he had 40, whatever he had, 42, I believe, um, he wasn't driving the net so much as much as he was just scoring on a lot of great wrist shots. So I did he have 42? I, why did that just come to my head? 42 or 43. I think it was 42. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, I, that felt wrong when I said it because, you know, I'm so used to him being bad. But so used to him being bad. But anyways, Not this I year. haven't seen him play this power game in a very long time unfortunately at the end of that i believe it's the end of that game he tweaks his groin again yep so you know the timetable here we're not really sure but hopefully he can come back to form right when he comes back like he like he did uh this last week yeah the injury luck continues for this team yeah speaking of injuries uh right. bushnevich is now back skating he was in practice he had a red non-contact jersey on but with the holiday break, hopefully next week we get him back, I'm thinking. We'll Pavel, see. Pavel skate. Pavel He's working skate. on the core. He's working on the core. You He's know? working on the core. He's going to get back to form, hopefully. I, I do think that within the next week or two, I think that's pretty much accurate as to his return to the lineup, which will be pretty big. Because some of the guys on the fourth line, the bottom six guys, they haven't necessarily been producing very much recently. Yeah, uh, your Pumples, your Hrivics, your Peary. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. especially Peary. I think Peary has really suffered from the loss of some of his better line mates. I, th- I mean, especially like on the power play. He is a great shot, but he's not really being put in a position where he can just rip it now because teams are kind of taking that away without, say, Amika Zabinijad on the power play. Or, I mean, also the Rangers, a lot of times they just regress on the power play to the point where it's like, do you guys even ever look at this or practice this or talk about this? So Peary hasn't really been put in a position to succeed, and he's also missed the net on about 98% of his shots this year. So yep. a little bit disappointing there. So definitely another boost when you get Booch back. Yeah, you just brought up a, a two really good points that I have to hit. Yeah, go So So Hrivik got the call up with all the injuries. Hrivik has been very good, and yeah. I think I think he adds uh, size to the fourth line. He adds size to the team. Obviously, I'm hoping he can get in the physical game a little bit more as far as fighting because nobody else on our team can, obviously. Um, you know, after the Eakin hit on Lundqvist, which was a terrible hit that we all saw and we know, so we won't discuss it too much, but right. no, nobody jumps Eakin. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure 
29 other teams in this league, somebody would have jumped Eakin right after that. Yes. Um, the other thing I'll say is really quickly on that, Shea was quoted saying that he didn't really know what to do and that looking back on it, he would have done something about it. The other thing to say is he had the puck. So what are the other four people on the ice doing when that's, they're not jumping or jumping Egan? That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, And I've seen people have written about it like, oh, Nash didn't want to go get hurt again. And these all these guys didn't they want to avoid injury. The fact that Shea even has to tell you, he says to you, oh, I didn't know what to do. That's right. that just that's horrible. That's a mindset that's permeated the whole team to the point where they're not their first instinct isn't to jump in and help their not even just this isn't just a teammate. This isn't Jesper Fast taking a bad knock on the side, you know? This is fucking Henrik Lundqvist. This is your team, this is your heart and soul, and he's been the face of the franchise for a decade plus. And and for him to take that was a let's be honest, that was a brutal, vicious just totally illegal hit. Yeah, brutal it was a hit. horrible hit. I haven't seen a goalie get a hit like get hit like that in a long, long time. Maybe ever. It was just blindside. He came around the net. It just went high. It was all all the horrible things. Helmet came off. And and for Eakin, Eakin did get four games. I, he probably should have gotten more. It was horrible. But the fact that Shea even says to you, "Yeah, I didn't know what to do." That's that's a horrible vibe from where the team well, mindset here, here- is at. Yeah, here's the thing also is that I'm not necessarily saying anyone had to had to go down there and drop the gloves with the guy, but all no, you got to do is all. all you got to all you got to do is hug him or tackle him or bring him down, do something, push him around, whatever. No one did anything. The other thing is But I'd be more I'd be more I'm more upset with the lack of anything happening than I would have been if somebody had jumped in and fought somebody because like that's a natural reaction. I'm not, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying it would have I would have been more content if that had happened than absolutely no one doing anything. That's just the worst. You know, and people saying Nash should not have jumped in because, you know, he doesn't know how to fight, blah, blah, blah. If you go back a few years ago and you remember if you're a Rangers Yeah, Gabrick. Or if you you remember Alexander uh, Semen when when he was on the Cavs, literally taking his gloves off against Mark Stahl and slap chopping him. Doggy paddling him. If you if you haven't seen this video, go look it up because he's literally slapping him. With, he's chopping him, karate chopping him. So if you can have a guy like that do it, I'm pretty sure Nash can just go over there and grab him and just give him a couple of shoves or just jump on the guy and bring him down to the ice and, and make cause a little bit of a scene. But no, nothing. He just gets, you know, free right. walking. He just walks right down. Nothing right. happens. Just walks right through. And also um, AV and apparently the New York Rangers management was quoted as being disappointed with the team and they thought that somebody should have gotten involved, which I agree with. But the fact that you know they're coming out and saying that they're disappointed—that that's just—that's not good. That's—it's a sign of a soft team. But hey, we are who we are. We are who we thought we were. To quote the late great <laughs> let Denny Green, and we let him off the hook. But it just speaks a little bit about the team. We'll get more into that later. I want to mention a Larry Brooks, everyone's favorite journalist oh, article. Brooksy. Yeah, but anyway, so let's finish the week in review quickly. We went into Pittsburgh. This will be a short one. Went into oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. got annihilated 7-2. to two. Wasn't even really a game. Actually, Ranta got the start there, unfortunately for him. Guy makes 40 saves, and he still gives up 7. Uh, that game could have been 12-2. to two. It was just one of the – it was a dud, a straight-up dud. Yeah, it was, it was a stinker. Uh, you know, I – I'm very big on my two goalie system and riding the hot goalie. I personally think it should have been Hank that game. 
uh, Hank plays three great games in a row and you get three wins. I, I understand it because you want to go back to Ronta because he's been good. But you play Tuesday and you don't have another game till Friday and then you have the holiday break. So I don't really think you needed to place Ronta in there. I think having Hank against Pittsburgh and uh, Minnesota tonight would have been fine. Minnesota. I'd ah, say Minnesota, eh? Oh, Minnesota, Minnesota. But, uh, you know, I don't agree with Ronta being in there. That being said, it wasn't Ronta's fault. There was no defensive play period in front of Ronta that entire game. Extremely so, reminiscent of last year's playoff series. So Right. And and that worries me about Pittsburgh because we get walked by Pittsburgh every time we play them pretty much. We do. Uh, I, don't, you know, I don't like Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh scares me like as, far Pittsburgh. As, as far as us playing them. But, yep. Um, you know, it's one of those games you've won three in a row. If you can go, if you can go three out of four for the rest of the year, that's obviously a phenomenal record. So, yep. you know, you take you take your losses when you take them, but you got to battle back tonight and win against uh, the Wild here. So. Yeah, absolutely. And gotta throw in uh, Sidney Crosby once again leading the league in scoring. He's 20, unreal. Twenty-three he's goals unreal. in twenty-eight games. I think he bats one in every single game or every other yep. game. At this yep. point, he's at 1.32 points a game. That's a lot more than anyone else. Uh, he's been fantastic. So, But that's yep. all we have for the Week in Review. Uh, do you want to move on to around the NHL a little bit? Yeah, let's let's jump around the NHL. Um, let's, let's get into it. So, you know, the biggest thing in my mind that's happened in you know recent time is, is Yarmir Yager. Uh, he has now passed Messier, uh, the great Marc Messier, the captain. For the, the most captain. points. And in my mind, so he's got uh, 1,888 points right now, and he's past Messier. Um, in my mind, that makes him number one because, in my opinion, there's a different list. Wayne Gretzky is on a list on his own that will yep. never be, that will never, ever, ever be reached. Um, that, that, is, that is probably one of the only hockey player prototypes that will never be repeated. Because it just no. can't be. So, so put this into perspective. Yager has one thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight points. Yeah. Messier, or excuse me, Gretzky has two thousand eight hundred and fifty-seven yeah. points. So, right. Messi, you know, you know, I consider Messier and Yager to be one and two on the list because Gretzky is just never going to be touched. So you sort of have to re re-standardize the list and say, well, Yager's kind of on the top of the list now, barring Gretzky. Gretzky. Gretzky has more assists, more assists, just assists. Right. Just yeah. This is the stat. Yeah. Gretzky has more apples than Yager does points you, in his entire could, career. Right. You could take away all of Wayne Gretzky's 894 career goals. Correct. Which is the most all time. And he'd still be leading everyone else in points. That's absurd. Right. So, just so, assists. you know, the fact that Yager just passed this great milestone, passed Messier, one of the greatest players ever. With 1,888 points, like I said again, and and Gretzky had more just assists than that. Yeah, it's just you, you can't even <laughs> you can't even compare the two. It's 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 hard. It's yeah, it's hard. To, I mean, Gretzky had 163 assists in a season. 163. That's absurd. Yeah, never. He also had again. he also had 92 goals in a season. Yeah, he did. How many? So, just quick quick random question. How many MVP awards? How many Hart trophies do you think Gretzky won in his career? Uh I'm gonna go off the top of my head. He yeah, played. He played like 20 years. No, yeah, he played 20 years. I'm gonna say 13. He won nine. He won. Okay, nine. yeah, I but was I was going high because you I went a little high because you have to because you yeah. hold that respect for the great one. But yeah. eight of those were in consecutive years. 
So he won the MVP for eight straight seasons. During his Oilers and Kings years. 80 to 87, yep. Yeah, okay. Wow. Okay, so that was actually all, almost all his years in Edmonton he, he won. Yeah, wow. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that just speaks to dominance there. Just, you know, on Yager really quickly, obviously great player. Everyone, we're not going to get into it, but everyone speculates if he didn't go to the three years in the KHL, how many more points would he have? I'll tell you right now, he would have had more points, mm-hmm. but he's never going to catch Gretzky. Nope. We, you know, it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, I think Yager... You know, you hear people talk about him and about how his game has gone down. Obviously, when you're 44 or 45, you know, your speed's going to get hit. You know, your, your play's not going to be as good. But when you're that good, I mean, he had three assists last night. He had three assists he last did. night. So, He's been turning it on lately, actually. So, I mean, he can still contribute to a team. Is he going to give you 20 minutes a game of, of nonstop goal scoring? No, he's not going to do that anymore. But what he is going to give you is veteran leadership. And he's also going to give you points. I mean, the guy can still score. He can still dish it. He can still do things for a team. Um, you know, on a team, on certain teams, he can't quite make it. Like, he would not be able to go and play for Pittsburgh. It nope. just wouldn't happen. But if you put him on the right team, Florida is an okay fit. But if you put him on a team that, that can use his talent – uh, he can still produce for you, and 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 people who think that he can't, just look at his numbers. I mean, he still has good numbers. So yeah, he's been turning on recently. Like I said, he's yeah, he's been playing a lot better. I think a lot of it is just he need, he needs to get into hockey flow. I think like he just needs more reps and more game time, and he'll be fine. And, and that's and where he we're says, at with Yager right now. And he says he wants to play till fifty. And honestly. He does. He can play on mediocre or bad teams until he's fifty. It's just going to depend on whether he can still actually physically play till he's fifty. Pretty much. So. Yeah. No, I agree. And obviously, probably one of my favorite players still wears his jersey to the garden. So, And he's hilarious. And if he's, you ever watch his interviews, yeah, he's hilarious. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, okay. So, love Yager. Good shit. I wanted to talk really quickly. So, one of my favorite sports writers, Dave Lozo, wrote an article titled, It's Time for the NHL to Rethink Its Playoff Format. And I, I, saw this. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly with this because – I, and I'm open-minded about changes that the NHL wants to make and leagues want to make as long as, you know, they're reasonable and they can be accommodated and, and it and it makes sense in a general system, a general scheme. But I miss the old playoff format. I will be honest. I miss 1v8, 2v7, 3v6, and 4v5. And I think that, especially now, given the makeup of these divisions and how these different teams are dominating within the same division, like i.e. the Metro, it's going to make a huge difference come playoff time. So the scenario that Dave brought up is, let's say that the Montreal Canadiens, Montreal, let's say that they win the Eastern Conference this year, right? If they come first. A. 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 So that would mean... <laughs> That as of right now, they would play. So if they come in first, then they would play the second wild card team. And right now, it's looking like the Metro is going to be sending a whole bunch of teams to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Probably both of the wild card teams. So that means that instead of playing a team, if the, if it was the old system where it's one v eight, where you get rewarded for playing really good hockey all year, and they would probably get a team like Boston or maybe Tampa Bay. Right now, they would get a team like the Flyers or the Capitals in the first round. Does that sound like a reward for winning the Eastern Conference? Sounds like a punishment. Sounds like a punishment. Sounds like it's somebody jumbled the system and it, no, no, they must have messed up. That makes 
absolutely no sense. You're not rewarding the best teams for winning the most games during the regular season. It's just, it, it makes no sense when you think about it like that. Why should a team that wins have to play a much better team and have a much harder time in the first round? I just don't understand. What are your thoughts on the new, the quote unquote new playoff structure? You know, I don't I don't mind it all so much. I mean, he brought up good points in the article like you just mentioned. I, I do agree that that is, is, is lopsided. But in the old system, what I didn't like about the old system was that the top, you know, the top team in each division automatically made a playoff spot. So a lot of times in the old system, and I know, you know, you and a lot of people listening can remember this, you know, the the third place top team was always a terrible team. I, I even forget what the division was right. called. Yeah. by this time but there was always that one division that was really bad that had like atlanta in it and florida at the time you know atlanta at the time and yeah. florida southeast and yeah, I don't the, yeah it was like the southeast or something and there was always a, t- a team that came in that in that three spot that was much worse of a team than, than any of the other teams in the playoffs so i didn't like that aspect of it what i after i read this article i started thinking about it myself and Maybe I'm crazy and there's probably some bad side to this that I haven't thought of yet. But in my opinion, you can still have divisions, right? But what is the harm in just straight up taking the top eight teams? What is the harm in that? So if you have a metropolitan division, metropolitan division like this year who has you know six, seven great teams, why can't you take all six or seven from the metro if they're in the top seven? And still put them in the one through eight spots? Yeah, just put them one through eight. I, you know, you have to keep the conferences separate because I get that because of you know the way you have to do the playoff matchups. So you keep the East and the West, and you can keep the divisions. But why? Why do you have to take three from each division? What is the? Well, I mean, they're they're all local teams. Yeah, I mean, for the there, most part. well, there wouldn't be really be any point to the divisions then. Firstly, but I mean, that's not necessarily a big deal. Like they yeah. wouldn't impact anything. Uh, but I, I mean, I tend to agree with you actually, because. It would solve the the main problem, and like you said, that third spot was always like, oh, we like would, would love to come in six. Like, I'd much right. rather come in six than fourth or fifth, because four and five are going to battle it out. But six, you know, you're locked into that worst division winner. Um, and yeah, it would just be incent. I just think the league is all about like this parity, and they want to get every team involved, and they don't like when teams stink for a long time. Um, so I. I don't know that they would necessarily accept that because it, but it would be I mean that seems the most fair to me too right like if you're if you're coming if you're getting a bunch of points in a bun- and this is the set order like you come in 4 5 6 why don't you finish 4 5 6 Yeah and and I'm just looking at the standings now for the most part that's exactly how this is going to play out except for the fact that I mean as far as the teams getting in not their placement but if you did that right now and you stopped the standings right now Boston would be the eighth place team in the conference. So they would make the playoffs. They would be the last team to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, but right now they're, they're in third in the Atlantic. So they get, you know, they, they get a better seating basically because they're third in their division. But what does the division mean? It doesn't mean anything. I, I mean, I want to see the top eight teams. And if they all come out of the same division, I have no problem with that. Yeah. And also one of the major concerns that Lozo pointed out was that a team that finished in sixth in one division, i.e. the Metro, could miss the playoffs despite Correct. having more points than the team that finished third in the other division. And that's just completely right. unfair. Right. But, like Washington Washington and Philly right now, 
who are much better teams than Ottawa or Boston, who are two and three in the Atlantic division, yep. could potentially miss the playoffs just because they're in the Metro, which is a ridiculous division. So it's the same thing as what we talked about in the old system where the third place you know, team was always that shitty, the, the shitty division winner. Now you have two wild card teams mm. out of the Metro division who are very good hockey teams and better than almost everyone in the other division. And, and they're getting, the, you know, they're getting the shitty seating just because they're in the wrong division, which I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I don't know. I, don't no, know. I agree. I agree. So hopefully and, they'll and address the, and, that. But And the other thing on top of that is Philly and Washington, these wild card teams, they're not only better teams, they're playing harder teams because they're playing within the Metro division. So yeah. they not only have more points, but they're also playing tougher competition. So there's no reason they deserve to be in the wild card. They should be way up. Yes, compared I agree. To all of the Atlantic. Yeah, I think, but that's I think the other part of it is that a lot of these teams haven't played within the division all that much yet. A lot of these top five that we've mentioned. So True. I think that over the course of the next couple of weeks, couple of months, as they play more divisional games, then in theory, well, I guess by necessity, then the standings will somewhat even out. But it's still going to be, I mean. So let's like the Rangers and the Flyers might have similar points to like the Senators and the Bruins at some point, but it, I mean the quality is just going to be completely lopsided. So True. maybe that might be more of a problem with the divisional uh, teams and how the divisions are made up right now, but that's not changing anytime soon. So it's just food for thought there, something to think about. Um, nothing's going to change. Nothing will change with the NHL. That's that's another point that he makes is that there's no huge changes that need to be made, but there's a ton of minor ones, like really small changes that are always you're like what is the NHL doing here? So uh I I wanted to talk about a phenomenal phenomenal video that came out a couple of days ago. Go ahead. Um it, it goes along the the theme of fighting that we kind of talked about earlier. Fighting, in my opinion, deserves to be in the game, but it should not be a center point of the game. Um, I believe in fighting. I think it causes momentum changes on the ice. I think it's important to stick up for your teammates like the Rangers don't do. Um, I think it's a part, like I said, part of the game. doesn't need to be the center part of the game, but it needs to be there. Um, Marcus Foligno of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I, did you see this video? No. Uh, no. Oh, man. You got to watch Foligno? it. So I've, Nick Foligno? That's what I, is that what it meant? Columbus? Who's Marcus Felino? I don't know. I, I've oh, heard of on... Marcus Felino. That's definitely a person, but Nick Felino's their he... captain. Okay, yeah. I think Marcus Felino played for Buffalo. I don't yes, know if they're related. That, that rings Anyways, a bell. Anyway. yes. The Felino that is on Columbus, that's who I meant. Okay. So he got into a fight the other day. Um, and right before the fight happened, he took off his helmet was off. And he brushed back his salad, his his hair. Mm-hmm. He brushed back his hair about four times as they were the players. Oh, were skating, I saw this. Yeah. As the players were skating around each other, and you know, just to make sure his hair wasn't out of place before he fought this dude, and and then they got into the fight. So just classic, classic hockey player combing his his salad up there before he unbelievable. Fixing up his mop before he gets into a brawl with somebody. So, gotta, gotta love that. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. You gotta fix the flow. Uh, that's the most important. Actually, quick aside, I'm not sure exactly when this comes out, what time of the year. I think it's around the holiday season, though. Uh, be sure to be on the lookout for the video of the guy that posts the best hot high school hockey flow. Because oh, yeah. those oh, are yeah. legendary commentary videos. Oh, the wow. Min- the Minnesota oh, high look school. look at the salad on that guy. I'd love to toss that one with some Caesar. Yeah. 
unbelievable video. I will. I'm really happy I remember that because now I'll be looking for that too. So. By the way, uh, correction. It is Marcus Foligno, and it was Buffalo and not Columbus. I <laughs> there we the, go. So, so I did go. have the name right, but I had the team wrong. So Got it's it. Marcus. It's Marcus Foligno that's on Buffalo, not Nick Foligno that's on Columbus. Okay, so. and now we know. See, we self-correct and, here on this show. And, and the funny thing was, he was fighting Sean Thornton, who's a big fighter. Yeah. And afterwards, they started. They kind of like were laughing about it. So he definitely. Uh, he definitely saw him fixing the flow, fixing the hair there. So oh, you, that you know he respected that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so check he wishes that out. he had that flow. Um, yeah. So I just had a really quick note. I just we mentioned Hank before and the history of tying the Dominator Dominic Oshik. I just wanted to get into that a little bit more because it is kind of a big deal. Um, like you think about it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long that Hank's been playing or that he's accumulated this many wins, but he's been tremendous for such a long time. So he's 389 wins. Um, again, tied with Hasek, first all-time for European-born goalie. And they're tied right now for 12th on the all-time NHL wins list. So he also has done it – well, this is a caveat. He's done it in 26 fewer games than Dominic Hasek. But Hasek only played for a couple of years with the shootout as part of the point scoring system. So that clearly helps goalies because there are no ties anymore. Um, but I did a little math. I did a little math. Oh, you did math? Yeah, sometimes. And so if Hank wins 20 more games this year, and he is signed through the 2020-2021 season, if he wins an average of 30 games for all of those years... Just doable. Which is, I don't think that's asking that much. I mean, I made it a pretty, you know, pretty standard number, 30 wins. Yeah. He will end up with 529 wins. And that is good for, that would be good for third place on the all-time list. So. who Who's above him? Wah and who? Brodor? And he who must not be named. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So 30 wins a year and 20 more this year would put Hank at 529. Third all-time. Patrick Waugh has 551. Uh-huh. And Marty Brodeur has 691. But That's that so, Marty Brodeur. That's, yeah. I don't think that'll ever be touched, unfortunately. Fucking no. hate that guy. So, yeah, sucks. Yeah, but interestingly, uh, I looked at their goals against in their career. So Brodeur has a 2.24 goals against, which is, I mean, over the course of whatever, a thousand, whatever games he played, 12, 1,266. That's incredible. Well, and just, and just a quick note on that. I mean, his he teams, played, his team, he played with the greatest defensive teams yeah, in history. He did. The devil, the devils in the nineties and two thousands. I mean, they, they were, they were the greatest defensive hockey team probably ever, at least that I've known. I mean, I, you know, I'm young and I didn't live through the seventies and eighties, but I don't think you can come up with a better defensive team than that. So no, I, I agree. I think you're right. Scott Stevens back there. So uh, Scotty. So, but yeah, so, his goals against with those fantastic teams was a 2.24. Hank's goals against is a 2.29 right now. Patrick Waz was a 2.54. So that's a, that's a little big difference, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, uh, Patrick Waz took a lot of penalty minutes, which is great. But anyway. Well, I would also just say that, you know, Brodor played with the best defensive hockey team probably ever. And Lundqvist has played with not such a great defensive team ever. So 
they have about the same goals against him and Brodor do on much, 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 much different teams. So that's something to be said also as if you're actually looking at who's the best goaltender individually. I'll just leave it at that. I agree. Although Marty Brodor did score two goals and Hank hasn't scored. So clearly Brodor Uh, takes the category. I don't think Hank's gotten in any fights either. I'm sure Brodor did a few. Yeah, with his wife. Uh, Anyway, we're going to move on. And Sean Avery. (laughs) Oh, man. That's uh, questionable territory we're moving into. And Sean Avery. And Sean Avery. So let's quickly – oh, there was also a great video the other night where – the Pittsburgh Penguins got annihilated by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So Columbus is clearly a real-life team, and they're not going anywhere. Columbus and is no joke. Their goalie is phenomenal, and their team is phenomenal so far. But as they're in first place in our division, but uh, they scored a goal. They went up 7-1 to in the game, Columbus. And Sullivan, Mike Sullivan, the old assistant coach there, he, he's staring. The camera has this shot for like a minute of Sullivan staring down the Columbus bench right at Tortorella and like basically screaming for him to turn it, get his attention. Tortorella is refusing to look over. Sullivan's looking over like he wants to give him the nod. He gives him like the, oh, okay, I see, I see. Tortorella looks at him, sees that, and just looks right back out on the ice. He just doesn't give a flying fuck. Classic, classic. classic. Love Tortorella. He is now the the all-time most winning coach in American American coach in history, actually. Yeah, you know, Tortorella, we've talked about it many times. He's a great coach. He really pushes his players, but he has a certain window, and it's usually, you know, two, three, four, maybe years. The, you know, the game he plays is work hard every night, block shots, don't care if you're winning by 10, you're going to block a shot and break your foot if you have to. Uh, you know, that, that tires players out, and whether or not Columbus can keep this up the rest of the season, let alone if, you know, in the playoffs what they can do, that remains to be seen. But Columbus has won 11 in a row. They are a very good team. They have a plus 44 goal differential. I believe best – I'm almost positive that's best in the league. Yeah, best in the league. Yep. Um, they're a legit team. And, you know, the last year they, they could score goals last year, but they didn't have goaltending. Bobrovsky was terrible. He was hurt. They had a bunch of you know a bunch of sieves back there last year. They're getting all star goaltending. Bunch of pigeons on the ice. Yeah, yeah a bunch of <laughs> bunch of pigeons like Pierre Maguire. Running around. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. people forget Bobrovsky was Bobrovsky won a Vezina uh, a few years ago. He did, and he's a very very good goaltender, and he showed that in the World Classics this year, and now he's bringing it to the NHL season. If he can keep it up, they are a very scary team. I hate to knock out the Rangers, but just put this hypothetical in your in your head. Imagine Pittsburgh and Columbus playing in a conference final. That would be an awesome playoff round. So, it, you know, I be, hate to say the Rangers won't be there, but if they play each other at any point, it's going to be phenomenal. I was going to say, it would be phenomenal. And the thing is, with the playoff, with the current playoff system, bring it back, that could clearly could easily be a first-round matchup, just the way things yeah, go. Yeah, it could be a first-round matchup. One of them out in which, the first round. Which, again, is, you know, not... Not really what you want. It, it brings light to last year when I was Chicago, say Chicago. Yeah. yeah, Chicago played St. Louis in the first round. First round should have been the f- conference final. Yeah, I don't think anyone argues that was the greatest playoff matchup in the entire playoffs, and it was in the first round and done. It was yep. better. It was better than the conference. Both both the uh, both conference finals. Yeah. It was better than the cup. It was better than everything. 
and that's it. You know, first round, first couple weeks of the playoffs, and the best matchups, you know, already passed us. So yeah, that's the way it's gonna go. But what so yeah, Columbus, Columbus is legit. They are real. Uh, so from going going from one really good team to another really good team, the Rangers tonight have a matchup. Against Minnesota. Oh, I, thought, I, I thought you were going to talk about Chicago. Oh, man. No, 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 no. Really we're going. Team. We, they are a great team, too. And Crawford is coming back. Crawford's uh, back, so that'll be good for them. That'll be real good for them. Although Darling's been good. He's been good. Darling's been good, but come on. Team in front of guy, him. I know. Yeah. A guy like Corey Crawford coming back is big. It's huge. Also, just the morale boost. Like, he's your guy. Yeah. He's one cup. Sure. Yeah. Big for time sure. move. But Minnesota is coming into the garden tonight. Minnesota is 28 and 4. They are four points behind the Blackhawks, and they've played three fewer games. They've won nine in a row. They just beat Montreal in Montreal. So this won't be a walk in the park. They are also coming with a familiar foe. E. Stahl, Eric Stahl, is coming back. The man who scored three goals in 20 games last year and who has scored 11 goals and 15 assists for 26 points in 32 games this year. He's leading Minnesota in scoring. He's on a six-game point streak. I think he has 10 points in his last eight games, and he is crushing it. Minnesota also, by the way, has given up the least goals against in the NHL this year at 62. Devin Dubnik has had an absolute unbelievable turn, this year. Absolute turnaround season. Last year he was he a was on my shaky. fantasy team. That's why. And I was just gonna say, you know that. So he had a very shaky season last year. This year, that I mean, he's he's turned it up on a really good team. They're playing good defensively. Obviously, awesome. not giving up goals, and they're also scoring a good amount of goals. So Ryan Suter's had a hell of a year too. A bunch, you know a bunch of those guys had a great year. And the interesting thing about it is. They're having, you know, they've won nine in a row, and it's been very quiet. You haven't heard anything about the Wild winning nine no in a row. No fanfare. Agreed. All you've been hearing about is Philly winning, you know, the, the ten in a row until they lost. Uh, Columbus winning eleven in a row. Uh, Pittsburgh winning whatever they had, like seven or eight in a row. I forget now. But you hear about all these other big name teams, and then you got the Wild over here winning nine games in a row and not getting any of the spotlight. And you know what? I think they might like it. I think they I do think, like it. How could I they think not? They might like it. Yeah, they're they're just running under the radar, just beating all these good teams. I mean, eventually they're going to get recognized. I mean, I think soon because they're just crushing it. They have a thir- plus thirty three goal differential, and like I said, the least goals against in the league. So, I mean, they're yeah. one of the better teams in the NHL. And, and the question, the question in the Western Conference. Let's be honest. The question really is, who who can beat Chicago? Chicago. Yeah. That's basically the, the measuring stick. The yep. So it's like, can the Wild beat Chicago? I think so. So that's pretty much what. You, yeah. Like Why not? You said, Why not? They have as good a shot as anyone in the West to beat. Chicago. I mean, if you have, yeah, if you have Devin Dubnik like playing like he is, I, you know, they're probably as of right now the best team to beat Chicago, and Chicago is always the team to test. Uh, so. Chicago must be fun to be a fan. Recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyway, we hope that all those fantastic positive things that we just said about the Wild do not hold true tonight as they are at the Garden for the last game before the Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa break. So just just have, you know, happy holidays. Happy holidays, folks. Happy holidays, you know, to everybody out there. Uh, Got to be politically correct in this world now. Absolutely. PC everybody everywhere. (laughs) So, yeah, that that seems like our show. Anything else you want to add or? 
No, I'm, uh, you know, I'm actually hoping for an overtime win tonight because we may or may not have put a few, <laughs> a few bucks down on a uh, on a bet that this game goes to overtime, which is one yep. of the more risky bets you can you can have. If but, anybody uh, we're for an over, overtime yeah, game, we are. If anybody needs parlay advice, just be sure to hit us up. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's all you, that's... our parlays are spot on recently. We're, so. we're like a solid one for twelve. So. <laughs> Can only go up, as they say, from there. Very true. Anyway, be sure to tell all your friends about us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe on iTunes and rate us five stars and maybe even rate us five stars twice on another account because we're that good and we deserve it. Uh, Can we uh, we give a little sneak peek for in the future, a little little something that's going on in a few weeks possibly? What's going on? So we got a pretty big name guest coming on in a few weeks. I guess I won't drop his name, but let's just say he's got a lot to do with the Rangers organization and he should be on, I would say within the next two to three weeks. So stick, stay tuned for that. That's true. That's true. We will certainly be ready to do that. I mean, once we have an official date, we'll, we'll name drop him. But for now, yeah, keep the name out of it for now, but we're both pretty excited for that and really, really looking forward to it. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll keep you updated there. And, yeah, have a great holiday weekend and holiday season and a happy new year. Actually, we'll probably drop another pod before the new year. Yeah, Merry so, Christmas, you filthy animals. You filthy animals. Have, have a great weekend. up to you, New 